Productions presents Laugh, Literature and Film. Uh, broadcasting from Secret Location, it's Laugh, episode 105, a wee laugh for the December 18th weekend. I'm your host, Mr. Two Frames. Joining me, as always, is the L-Train. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? You seem a bit discombobulated. Is that due to yeah, this well, holiday? No, I'm just upset because I like talking about movies with you, but we couldn't get our wires. Our wires got crossed, and we're not able to do a big show this week. True, yeah. So this is not only a wee laugh, it's also the good stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, uh, we had hoped to do a review of Legend, uh, it came out in far fewer theaters than we were originally, uh, informed about, so we weren't able to go and watch that film. I don't so. understand that, I don't understand the marketing on that, and I don't know where they're gonna head with it, because it's not like there's gonna be a lot of available theaters now. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> how they could have gotten in more than 100 theaters, especially since a lot of theaters were still showing movies from three or four weeks ago. It's like, bizarre. Like, uh, what was it, the night before the Seth Rogen film? Mm -hmm. If you were going to go see that, you would have already seen it. You would think. But these things happen, and laugh must continue. This (laughs) weekend is probably going to be the biggest box office of the year, possibly ever, with the release of Star Wars. Big movie weekend. I think it's the largest cultural event in cinema that we've had in the lifetime of our students. The exception maybe being Avatar, but I don't think they really remember that. Avatar, Lord of the Rings? Mm, even Lord of the Rings is sort of out of their wheelhouse. Because it's more of an adult movie. This is the movie that's geared towards our students and towards your generation and towards my generation. And ironically, towards my dad's generation. And towards the nine-year-olds. They're hoping to capture oh, yeah, that yeah, generation yeah. too. I mean, this really cuts across generations. It's this- a- Cross-cultural juggernaut. Yeah, and of course we are talking about Star Wars, The Force Awakens. This is the continuation of the saga created by George Lucas, set 30 years after Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Oh, I thought we were talking about the, the Muskrat movie that's coming out. The Muskrat. The Chipmunks. Oh, chipmunks. Yeah, no. we'll do that in a second. Uh, this time, J.J. Abrams is taking the reins. Uh, previously he's directed films like Mission Impossible 3, and he's also done uh, the two Star Trek reboot films, and that's what got him this gig. So he is king of the stars. Yeah, I'm a little, that makes me a little bit leery of Star Wars. I think I might have had more enthusiasm had it been tied to some other director, like Christopher Nolan or something like that. Yeah, it's also interesting. He's only doing this one film, right? He hasn't been signed on to do any future Star Wars films. They're kind of... Handing those all out to different people. Uh, Ryan Johnson. Well, there's no direct sequel. There's no direct sequel to this movie planned in terms of the development team surrounding it. So Abrams might be tied to the direct sequel of this film. But there's two spinoffs. Like, uh, I think Ryan Johnson. Isn't he doing uh, Rogue, Rogue One? Rogue One. Okay, Rogue One. Which is a story of the... Uh, Rebel Alliance that stole the plans for the Death Star, so it's more of a prequel. And then uh, there's a spinoff for Han Solo movie. So this, I mean, by the time it gets around to Star Wars 8, maybe he'll be involved again. As far as I know, I'm not really up on my Star Wars information because I've been sort of trying to keep out of it. I haven't watched any trailers. I haven't really read many articles. Mm -hmm. I've just been trying to keep as far away from spoilers as I can. 
I've had a moderate interest in this, and they've they seem to have done a good job of keeping the plot um, covered up, not announcing anything, what the future films are going to be. They they've done a good job of not really saying a whole lot. It's not like when Marvel every couple of years they have a huge press conference and then they go, all right, here's Phase Three. Here are the next half dozen films we're doing. Right. I think Disney's going to get to that though. At, at some point, I mean, I, I'd been telling you for months that they're going to have a teaser trailer for the next Star Wars film at this one, but apparently that didn't happen. Yeah, I guess I don't know. We I, don't I was really kinda, know what's going to happen with the uh, the American release, right? Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised. I thought, you know, if I were Disney, I, I'd have a teaser trailer for the 2021 Star Wars film, whatever that's going to be. See, I think the marketing around this film has nothing really to do with the film. I think it's all about just creating a zeitgeist and just putting Star Wars concepts into the minds of the impressionable minds of uh, Christmas shoppers. Because... I, you don't need to have an advertisement at this point to encourage you to go see the movie. If you're going to go see this movie, you've already made up your mind on it. It's not like one day you're going to be sitting around <laughs> watching uh, Housewives of Orange County and then go, oh, yeah, I kind of do want to see that movie. But it's advertised. It's ubiquitous. It's all over the place. So Does my, it- my thinking is it's, they're striking while the iron's hot. Surrounding this event, there's probably not going to be as much enthusiasm, even for the Han Solo spinoff or Rogue One or even moving into the future because you've had so much time in between the last movies and this movie. You have to put all of your marketing money now to so that it just perpetuates itself. It's sort of like they're pushing the boulder up the hill like Sisyphus, and now it's just going to roll down and roll over all of us, and it's probably going to destroy the enthusiasm I used to have for Star Wars. Oh, so I think if this is a good film, then all of a sudden people are excited about the possibilities of a trilogy and comparing not just one Star Wars film to the previous ones, but having a whole trilogy and but I don't think you, you know have what's going to gonna be the twist. I, I don't I, think you have the that you have to have the advertising juggernaut. You don't you don't have to. It will perpetuate by word of mouth more than but, and that they're putting but, all of their marketing before the release of this film. But that's part of. Uh, Star Wars being owned by Disney is that you do have this marketing giant, this uh, company that understands brand. And I read an article and they said Star Wars is worth more to Disney as a franchise than to anyone else. Mm -hmm. Disney is the best company to revitalize this uh, concept and to go forward and to make 10 or 12 films. And that they've already proven it with Marvel and that, you know, they have the amusement parts. They know how to do toys for little kids that there's just so much money to be made by Disney versus like a Warner brothers. Right. But my point is they won't have the opportunity to blast out as much advertising because it just won't, it doesn't, it won't matter then by then it'll be a self perpetuating uh, entity. You don't, you don't think uh, Disney's hoping to have a spinoff channel star Wars. Yeah. But all star Wars, you won't see it pop up as in, on your web browser as advertising as much as you do now. That's my only point. Like I, I can't play words with friends without getting last night I was playing words with friends and an advertisement came up that was for uh, band of oil of Olay star Wars collection. It was a set of uh, 
moisturizers and lipstick uh, surrounded around the the Star Wars princesses. And my point that, is, they won't they won't have like see how many commercials you see for Star Wars two weeks from now. There won't be any. There will be fewer, but considerably fewer. Okay, but whatever this movie makes, they want the next movie to make more. And you're arguing that they're going to have less advertising to make more money. There's no way an executive in a company mm-hmm. makes that argument because he's going to have to answer to his bosses and say, here's my plan to have this next Star Wars film make more. What they always think is advertising, and we have to just come up with a better advertising campaign. Yeah. So it's going to have to be more. I don't know. All right. So uh, we're both going to unfortunately see this and review this next week on the show. Woo! <laughs> you say unfortunate, but uh, it's just odd to me that you would think that. I mean, because you really don't have any other... Sisters? Huh? Sisters is coming out? That looks excellent. Oh, yeah, but I mean, if this were a standalone movie, I think you'd be enthusiastic about it just because you were enthusiastic about Avatar and you had no idea what was going on with Avatar. So. James Cameron. I like James Cameron right, a whole like lot Harrison more than Ford. George Lucas. Name one good George Lucas film that's this not is Star not, Wars. George Lucas has nothing to do with this. That's yes, he does. Point. He it invented does the whole thing. He invented it so the char- some of the characters are based on If him. I could, I would go back in time and assassinate George Lucas so we wouldn't have to do NetSuite's review show. How many Star Wars movies have you seen? Uh, all the way through? Yeah. Oh, how many Star Wars movies? Okay. So... You're commenting I've on seen stuff bits you've and never seen. It, it is the parts. most overrated franchise <laughs> ever. That's I, ever with instead of a second E, an A. I'll admit that ever. the uh, the prequels were trash, but the fact that George Wa- George Lucas walked away from this and had nothing to do with the movie before, or you know, the plan up to it. He's never. I don't know when he saw it. I think it was a complete cut when he first saw it. Is your argument about George Lucas being a hack has nothing to do with this movie. So my point is, if it were a standalone movie all by itself, you would be enthusiastic about it. And the only thing that's keeping you unenthused is your animosity towards the concept of Star Wars. The, the fandom pisses me off. I know, but that's George Lucas. No, the no, movie. George Lucas created Star Wars. He came up with the whole idea. He is the creator. He he made this trilogy that everyone loves. But now George Lucas doesn't know what Star Wars is. All the true fans, they know what Star Wars is. How dare George Lucas make these prequels? He got Star Wars wrong. He created it. It's so, whatever he wants it to be. So wait, you're angry at George Lucas and the people that are angry at George Lucas? I think George Lucas is a hack. I never liked it to begin with. But these people who like the first half of what he did and they don't like the second half. And then they try and say, well, he doesn't know what Star Wars is. He, he he doesn't understand it like I do. I don't understand why. I think it's all stupid. I don't understand why. All these people. What that has to do with this movie, this one movie, Star because Wars, it's The part Force of Awakens. Star Wars. The whole thing needs it, to just go away. It's That's not likely. I know. See, I gave. I, I had wish they no, would commit seppuku with their little laser swords. I had no reason, no, uh, I had no animosity towards it. Uh, I had no inkling at all that I was going to hate Avatar as much as I did. I went and saw the movie and then I hated it. And I've revisited it since then and I continue to hate it. So my animosity towards Avatar, which is similar to yours towards Star Wars, is based solely on the movie. You're pissed off about the fanboys and the surrounding fandom. So if I've seen half of a film, that's not enough to make an opinion of this sucks? 
Well, you haven't seen any of this film. That's my point. I've seen Star Wars. <laughs> okay. I've seen enough. All right. Also coming out is Sisters, the movie we should have been reviewing this week, starring Tina Fey and Amy Prohler. Uh, this is the R-rated comedy about two sisters who decide to throw one last house party before their parents sell their family home. Uh, also starring John Cena, he of the wrestling fame. Uh, it comes from director Jason Moore, who directed the original Pitch Perfect film. You excited about this film? No, but I like... Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I like Maya Rudolph, too. She's in this. Those are three of my favorite actresses. I think they're pretty funny. And I think they're funny together. But I, I really haven't... The the trailers that I've seen for it, like movies I don't think I'm going to see, I'll watch trailers for. <laughs> this is one of them. And it doesn't really do anything for me. Because so. we originally saw this when we went to see Trainwreck. And the whole audience, except for one person, was laughing uproariously yeah. through the whole thing yeah i'm like yeah, i don't know doesn't move your needle not really i mean like i said they're funny to an extent I, I don't really like comedies in the theater anyway i've come to realize the last five comedies i've seen i don't really like them like in the movie theater i don't know if it's a i think it's a, might be a waste of money okay do you think this is an effective counter programming for star wars is this uh, the ladies will go see sisters while their husbands and sons go watch Star Wars. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. No, I so don't. So not effective counter program. I don't think so. I mean, they know it. I I trust that they know what they're doing, but I have I have no concept of it. I don't understand what they did with Legend. I don't understand how this and the Chipmunk thing comes out it, right now. I counted them up for the last uh, I think six weeks. There are more screens with new movies on them that we'll be showing this week than there have in the last six weeks. There's over 10,000 screens that we'll be screening new movies, these three mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars is going to have like at least 4,100. Sisters is supposed to have 2,900. And the other uh, one we're going to talk about is like 3,600. The next closest was earlier in the summer. I mean, that I could do with my limited math skills. So there's just so much out there saturating the, the market. I, I, I don't understand why this didn't get released last week when there was pretty much nothing. Uh, or next week, I guess Concussion's coming out next week. I, I don't What about just, get Oh, there's a lot coming out next week. But uh, what about the idea the family's going to the movies because, you know, half the family wants to see Star Wars. You need to put out counter-programming for the other half of the family. This is the last shopping weekend before um, Christmas, so you know, yeah. parents' free babysitting is to park the kid in the movie theater. I think that that's probably it. I don't know. I, I don't see how that works. I, I don't, but they they must. That's why I'm not a. I mean, if you know a bunch of people are coming in into the theaters, maybe it's better to have your film out there as some new one too, and you're hoping to. All right. I guess we'll see. How much in. do you think uh, it makes? Uh, sisters, twelve million. Really? All right. 12 to 14, I'd say. Uh, Chipmunk. I think eight. of it is. All right. Or no, wait, it's, it's a kid's movie. That's hard to tell. Yeah. Well, the other movie is that everyone's really excited about is Alvin and the Chipmunks. The Road Chip. This is about, uh, I guess it's the third or fourth sequel to the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie that came out in 2001. It's got Jason Lee in it and Samantha. He's... Uh, going after this woman named Samantha. It's a beautiful doctor who works in the emergency room. Sounds a lot like Garfield. Mm -hmm. 
Through a series of misunderstandings, the chipmunks start to believe that a marriage prospect is on the horizon, and they don't want this to happen. So they're going to... Theodore, Simon, and uh, who's the other one? Alvin. Alvin and the chipmunks. (laughs) They embark on a cross-country odyssey to prevent their best pal from ruining their lives. I don't know. It's from director Walt Becker, who did Wild Hogs. And Old Dogs. Yeah, and Old Dogs. But uh, Wild Hogs uh, was the John Travolta, Tim Allen film where, you know, midlife Mm -hmm. crisis, go get a motorcycle. Uh, That did very well. Yeah, but a different market. I mean, wasn't Wild Hogs (laughs) geared towards people that like to watch John Travolta and... Yeah, but it was more family... Steve Allen or whatever that guy's stuff, yeah. I mean, family-oriented comedy. Yeah, I don't know. This this seems to me like they're trying to bury it somewhere, but the the movies make enough to keep another one going. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I think the last one made around two hundred and thirty million. Yeah, if you can do it for fifty million, the it's not like the is, voice talents that expensive to get. Well, you know, the screenwriter for this last her last movie was The Tooth Fairy in two thousand and ten. Mm-hmm. the The last movie before that was Mrs. Doubtfire, and well, that's kind of weird. Because that was a, I think, well-respected movie at the time. It was a comedy. Yeah. And uh, then, Tooth Fairy didn't get a whole lot of love uh, with The Rock. but Yeah, I, I saw the ad for it. The, the tagline for it was, you can't handle the tooth. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Question is, will this be closer to zero on the tomato meter, or will Star Wars be closer to 100? Which Star movie... Wars will be closer to 100, but I think Chipmunks will be around 30%. I'm guessing, I don't know, 15 to 20. All right. I'm considerably less than 30%. Because Star Wars will be in the upper 80s. Star Wars will be in above 90. Okay. So, Star Wars so will be then in, you're saying Chip Once has to be below 10. Right. It's not going to be that low. No, it's possible. There are movies below 10. It is. But I mean, I think this is family-oriented film. It's for the little kids. It, it's a different scale you have to grade it on. Is there a worse Christmas song than Alvin and the Chipmunks song? Christmas song? Uh, That's pretty bad. I, I almost said my mother's favorite Christmas song, and I'm not going to insult her. Okay. That's good. The, the problem is occasionally during the holidays, it, that song has gotten stuck on repeat, so we've had to listen to Will Johnny Go Skating With Me like Ooh. eight times in a row. Have you ever heard of the song Linda Bennett's Old Fashioned Christmas? No. All right, you got to check that old out. Old Fashioned Christmas. All Linda right. Bennett's Old Fashioned Christmas. I will check that out when, while I go to the Red Box and check out Mission Impossible Road Nation, starring Tom Cruise, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Jeremy Renner. This was directed by Christopher McQuarrie. We uh, reviewed it back on Laugh 68. Uh, the gang is back again to try to save the world from some evildoer. And that's pretty much all you need to know. Wood Spectre? Yeah, it sounds just like Spectre, but I think this was superior to Spectre. I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, Tom Cruise what does what Tom Cruise does best. Did you mention he the female around. lead? Yeah, Rebecca Ferguson. She's pretty good. Yeah. She's the best part of it, I think. Isn't she in... Uh, she might be Captain Marvel? Uh, I've been, heard... Her that, name's been leaked to yeah. that. I don't think anything official has or been leaked. announced, but... Uh, I think she has a promising future, and she's a very good actress with just the drama stuff too. So, but she's got mad physical skills. Yeah, she's got karate skills, nunchuck skills. If I were Jennifer Lawrence, I would be scared. I, I think Rebecca Ferguson oh. could give uh, Jennifer Lawrence a run for her Jennifer money. Lawrence is moving into directing. <laughs> she's directing her first movie. 
can't remember what it's called, but yeah, some people were angry about that. And I think she's only uh, 18. She's Jennifer Lawrence. She's like 27. Uh, what you got from the Netflix and Amazon? All right. Uh, this movie is based on uh, your enthusiasm for Trumbo, because I think if you don't know much about William F. Buckley and Gore Vidal, you might want to check out Best of Enemies. It's uh, about their ideological uh, conversations that they had during the 1968 Republican National Convention. It's a series of or 10 nights. ABC, ABC News was trying to put ABC News on the map because they were running in third place, so they figured they'd put these two guys who really hated each other against each other, and it's sort of uh, in a debate-style commentary about the uh, convention. And the thing I like most about it is the fact that although they're polar opposites in terms of ideology, they're almost carbon copies of each other in terms of eloquence, and they're able to articulate their points of view with incredibly long and complicated sentences that often end in some insult directed at the other guy. <laughs> and then it blows up you know, at some point. Everybody's thinking as you're watching this, as they were watching it in 1968, that it was going to come to fisticuffs. So it, they, I mean, they would be considered politically incorrect by today's standards. Yeah, you got to go see it. You remember Gore Vidal from uh, Minority Report? Mm-hmm. That's where we last saw him. Was we just did Lamore, Minority Report. He was in Gattaca. Oh, sorry, not sorry, not Minority Report. Gattaca. He was in the movie Gattaca with as Doctor Lamar, and uh, William F. Buckley was the editor for the National Review. Gore Vidal wrote Myra Breckenridge, which was in 1968, which William F. Buckley spoke out about. They actually did a movie of it with Raquel Welch, the first transgender uh, person in our sort of cultural uh, understanding. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they hated each other. <laughs> and it's good to watch. They have genuinely uh, intense disagreements on screen. Cool, cool. I, I like it. Uh, what about on Amazon, if you have uh, the good old Amazon Prime? All right. This movie I'm going to check out again in light of the fact that we just saw Martian and we've been watching sci-fi in our film classes. And... I want to give it another chance and see whether or not I hate it as much as I did. Uh, it's called Interstellar. Some of you may have heard of it. It's about the future of Earth and the crumbling planet and how uh, Matthew McConaughey is going to save the world by going off into the stars to try to find us a habitable planet. And it might actually be a good pick for sci-fi in our film classes. I don't know. I'm it checking it out. Tropes. We're not gonna. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to revisit sci-fi this year, but uh, this is Nolan's second best science fiction movie after Inception. And it's his third best movie of the End Trilogy. Oh, Insomnia, Inception, and now Interstellar. And if you want to get my full review and Mr. Uh, Bull's full review over there, I think it's episode four. Something like that, yeah. It's early on in the history of the podcast. And we have our a guest, Tom Daring, who might be... Uh, I think he's going to be nominated for a Laffy Award Ooh. as best guest. Even though it was last year, we're still going to go all the way back to episode number one and revisit our entire catalog through our Laffy Awards, which should be coming up before, uh, I don't know, maybe this Christmas. Right around the new year, yeah, somewhere yeah. in this holiday season. The Laffy Awards show. 
All looking right. forward to it. So that's uh, Laugh 105. We're going to go watch Star Wars. We think our audience should go watch it too because it's culturally significant. I don't really Yay. care. Um, also coming out of this, Sisters, the R-rated comedy with Amy Prohler and Tina Fey. Uh, we're both taking a pass on Alvin and the Chipmunks, the road chip. I'm saying if you head by the Red Box to go pick up Mission Impossible Road Nation and listen to Laugh 68 where we review the Tom Cruise thriller. If you have Netflix, go watch Best of Enemies. And if you've got Amazon Prime, go watch Interstellar and listen to our review back on Laugh, either three or four. Uh, next time, another We Laugh for the Christmas holiday weekend. Yep, and then followed by probably Star Wars. A review of Star Wars. Unless and then, the crowds are so big we can't get into the theaters. Yeah, and then we've got to figure out time to do our uh, Top Ten show, our Laugh-Fee Awards. And we still have to watch a couple of movies, though. Yeah. The Revenant's still- out there and... But we have some uh, special edition episodes coming up here in the near future, so we hope everyone tunes in and listens to it. Yep. All right. Thank you for joining me, L Train. Thank you, (laughs) Mr. Two Frames. Uh, There be dragons. Pox at Bodom. (laughs) 